0: It's Tuesday, March 16th, 2021. I'm Tanya Harris, and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. This morning's new GOP talking point is that in President Biden's first 55 days, he's caused a border crisis, hasn't held one press conference, or opened any schools. Wow, too bad your insurrection failed, I guess. Yesterday, Los Angeles restaurants, gyms, and movie theaters were allowed to open indoors for the first time in 365 days. This is a big relief to L.A. employers. And by employers, we mean Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and whatever new thing influencers are on this week. After being hospitalized for nearly a month, the U.K.'s Prince Philip left the hospital and returned home today. Thankfully, the Queen TiVo, the Oprah interview for him. Facebook recent deal to pay Rupert Murdoch's News Corp for news in Australia. This will leave a lot of Australians wondering who Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is and why their racist uncle suddenly cares about some socialists from New York. Mississippi has officially become the second state to open vaccine eligibility to all adults. If you're struggling to remember how to spell it from elementary school, it's M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I need help since I'm considering moving to Mississippi just to get a vaccine, P-P-I. In Florida, an assistant principal and her daughter are being charged with hacking a computer account to steal the election for homecoming queen. Within minutes, Florida Republicans put out a statement saying, see, we told you there was election fraud, and then passed a bill limiting homecoming voting to weekends before 8 a.m. and Friday nights after 9. Evangelist Franklin Graham says Democrats want to, quote, literally and totally erase everything Donald Trump did. I believe the political term for that is, duh. Israeli archeologists found dozens of new Dead Sea Scroll fragments believed to have been hidden during a Jewish revolt against Rome roughly 1,900 years ago. And somehow, all of them are just reminders to call your mother. During the After the Rose special on The Bachelor, Matt James revealed he had broken up with winner Rachel Kirkconnell over racist images from her social media. Wow, that almost sounds like how The Bachelor broke up with its host. Over 100 publicity firms are threatening to cut the Golden Globes off from access to their creative clients if the Hollywood Foreign Press Association doesn't make major changes to address diversity issues. Or they can just bring back Ricky Gervais to host next year so he can tell them what a bunch of racist assholes they actually are. Now let's send it over to tonight's TMI Daily Cast and Crew Roundtable. Stay safe.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of TMI Daily. I'm Veronica Yellow, and as always, I'm joined by some of my TMI Daily crew. Later on in the show, we're going to be joined by Mr. Ron Thomas, one of the OG Cobra Kais. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Let's go around and say hello to everyone watching at home or listening to our TMI Daily podcast. Let's start with you, Pete.
2: Okay, it's Tuesday. It's better than Monday. It sure closer, is. Closer to Friday. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes joe hi everyone listening on google podcast and a very happy national artichoke hearts day national panda day and national freedom of information day oh that's an interesting one <laughs> yeah uh everyone lives in, in pakistan that may not count for you guys but for most people it's freedom of information day so go on down to your government office and ask for shit Demand some records. (laughs) Demand some records.
2: (laughs) Turns out Jerry Lewis actually killed Kennedy. I just found that out. I don't know why. That's important. (laughs) Just thought I'd say.
4: Elizabeth. uh, Happy St. Patrick's Day Eve. That's not a thing. Although they're trying to make it a thing with the whole catch the leprechaun thing. It's a parents have to build traps for leprechauns for kids the night before St. Patrick's Day. That sounds like... it's an elf on the shelf nonsense thing is what it is. It
3: sounds like a bunch of malarkey to me. It is a bunch of malarkey.
4: <laughs> it's not even a th- I, I, I was curious it's orchards, so I spent like a little too much time looking it up. And every article when they interviewed a person in they are like, No, that's not a thing. That what are you talking about? And everyone here is like, No, no, you have to build a chat for your leprechaun. So no, uh
0: do it or knows. don't,
4: enjoy. Everyone
3: knows leprechauns are only in Alabama.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. That's a re- that's an old reference, but it's still not that old. Uh, Danny remembers it. <laughs> the Is that where the movie took place? Part no. That remember when when they were the guy was trying to dig up under the tree in Alabama because he said a leprechaun left gold there, and no. they had a picture. They had a picture. Oh, the, the little Yes, that yes. that was in Alabama. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Danny, how you doing today? <laughs>
5: Hello, everybody. And I just want to interject one more Grammy note. Just thank you to Anderson back and Bruno Mars and to steal a line from Chris because that song is fire. I cannot stop listening to Leave the Door Open. Thank you, Bruno. Thank you, Anderson.
1: Okay, so the only word I understood well actually the only two words I understood in that statement were Bruno Mars and fire. I don't know who anybody <laughs>
4: else is but Danny, I'll Danny.
1: take your word for it Danny. <laughs> I'm so not I it. Need
2: link
5: That's something. Hey, I, I think
2: we just got a message from Bruno Mars. He said Danny shouldn't use the word fire ever again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stuart. <laughs>
6: How's it going everybody if you want to catch a look if you want to catch a uh, leprechaun, make sure to leave out some marshmallows. Not a fucking thing. You don't have to do that. that how it works? Yeah, but you, gotta, you gotta bait in the trap. Mm.
4: If it, you leave anything out for the fairy folk, it's supposed to be bread, milk, or salt.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh D-
4: Danny, what was the name the of that I can't believe you don't fucking
3: know that. <laughs> we, the, oh, kind of fairies. okay. Okay, I just did a search for leave the back door open, it took me to Pornhub, so... <laughs> yeah.
1: He'll that's want
3: to fire. open. Let's let, let's keep that door closed, Joe and Chris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Pete's right. It is fire.
7: <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? First of all, you're all wrong about leprechauns. If you want to trap a leprechaun, you got to leave dirty boots for them to shine. They're attracted to shining boots. Don't tell me I'm wrong. I've seen all true. the leprechaun That's,
4: that's somewhat yeah. true. Somewhat true. Who told you that? Uh, it's in
7: the movie Leprechaun. Son, you got to watch them. Chris, hey, Chris is tale. Irish. Uh, also, Mac is an Irish Mac, name. Yeah, yeah. yeah Chris Chris is Irish. Irish. It's, it's actually Scottish. It is Scottish. She's, she's right. <laughs> Say Scottish, it's Scottish.
2: It's pronounced. It's the it's same sounds,
7: place. It, it's pronounced. First of all, all,
3: first of all,
7: <laughs> it's the same same island. His, his
2: actual Sir. name is Chris
7: MacIntyre. <laughs> 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 hey, there you have Bernie Mac, but his last name was McGill, uh, McCullough. So hey, it works. We in there.
1: Either one works. <laughs> yep.
7: Me and Shaquille, we out here
6: repping that Irish game. That's right. <laughs> O'Shea Jackson. Oh, well, let's take it easy.
1: <laughs> okay, well, let's start with tonight's show. It was uh, exactly a year ago today that Los Angeles became the first major U.S. city to go into complete lockdown, as the coronavirus pandemic was just beginning to take a foothold in the country. We thought that tonight we would spend some time looking back at what we thought was going to happen back in March of last year and what we've learned from it over the last 365 days. Now, firstly, where were you guys when you first heard about the lockdown? Now, I know some of us were actually together because that was we heard about it on Sunday night. We had just finished doing our last show. Um, So how did you find out about the lockdown, the ones that weren't
4: with us? Uh, Elizabeth. Um, Well, I don't know if I heard that the lockdown was happening. Um, This sounds so dramatic. I was in the hospital wrapping up a chemo treatment thing, and we're starting to hear about it. And I said, hey, to the doctor checking me out, I was like, hey, I have to, should I do anything special? And he's like, yeah, you should probably stay home for two weeks or so after you get out of here just in case. Um, And that day I got home, that was when they shut the borders with travel, and my dad was in Austria with his wife, and they had to scramble to get back to Chicago. Um, They shouldn't have taken the trip in the first place, but that's a whole other thing. (laughs) Um, And then I was just basically at home. I did have to do panic grocery shopping, like, two different times, because we were, like, kind of low on stuff, so... My mom and I had to like venture out. And then I was really hell bent on having salmon on St. Patrick's Day. So I got a little more food and like other extra supplies when things were a little more stocked up after a couple days. And then just, uh, I mean, it, lockdown for me, it was not that vastly different to being on medical leave for work. So <laughs> I, it didn't really, I think, hit me quite the same way until I think I started working again from home.
3: Okay, Danny, The doctor was checking you out. Did you get his number? <laughs>
4: no.
1: <laughs> Danny, what about you? Do you remember where you were?
5: Home um, that weekend. And we already kind of knew that there was a the possibility of us having to work from home. But I still had to go in that Monday um, to get my laptop configured to our network from work. And I was there a couple hours, packed up everything I needed to work from home. We thought we'd only be at home for a matter of weeks, you know, and it turned out to be a year. I actually go back full time next week, Mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, and, but the good thing about, you know, working at a hospital is that, you know, everybody on our floor is vaccinated. You know, we're still taking precautions, wearing masks and all that. But um, little did we know that we'd be away for that long you know but it's really nice to you know I've been only going in a couple days a week it's nice to see people you know outside of the zoom box you know although you know this is all we see you (laughs) know the whole day but it's nice to be around people again and to have that interaction you know we didn't think it'd be that long but hey it could be worse
2: okay Pete no I just my my most vivid recollection recollection of, of how we found out because we'd heard that there was gonna possibly happen. We just didn't know when for sure but um, was we were all sitting there was a whole bunch of us after the after the TMI show sitting at the taco stand um, in the gas station near near the Hudson theater. and at the same moment every person in the ta- in the seated area got a text message. And it was just I, I remember I remember like really clearly of all of a sudden hearing either phones vibrating or ringing and everybody pulling their phone out at the same time and looking at it because the show had ended maybe a half hour earlier. And we got the text saying tomorrow that that L.A. was in lockdown. And it was just so weirdly eerie that everybody was having this shared experience at that moment. And um yeah, it was just one of those things, but it it, it definitely didn't lead you to believe that it was going to be like a year that this was going to happen. Because like I remember that we, uh, yeah, I remember that like I sent an email out to the to the cast or I put on our group thing the next day saying um, we're going to take next week off because the next week we were supposed to have a show. Um, but what we'll do is we'll have a read through the week after. Um, and even if we don't do the show um, live, we'll, we, you know, we'll figure out how we could do it you know some other way. And so I was just fully under the, the impression that this was going to be over probably in two weeks. So it was just kind of weird. We were just supposed to
4: flatten the curve, man. It was just supposed to be two weeks to flatten the curve. That was all it was going to be. It's literally a year later.
1: <laughs> but also, though, that day, a lot of information was shifting back and forth because we were still planning. And I don't know if you guys remember this, the ones that were with us we would go eat at the taco stand and then we would go to our favorite bar, the Cat and the Fiddle. And my friend Ronnie, who's the bartender there, I got a phone call from him that night at the taco stand. And he's like, Veronica, they just shut us down right now. Don't even bother coming. So again, mm-hmm. they said that they weren't going to shut and you know, shut us down until maybe the next day or the day after, but it just came real quick. They got notified from the city saying, you must be shut down immediately. So yeah, it was just like, there's just so much chaos going on and we really didn't know, you know, how, did you guys expect to, to be in lockdown for like, for this long? Yes. Did you expect this? Yes. Or did you think like, you know, naive, I mean, I was very naive to it. I thought probably a couple of weeks. Um, And did you also like, could you imagine like how this could have changed so many people's lives or did you just think it was just going to pass?
6: Chris, you thought it was going to be a, a year? Yes. Chris, why, why
1: did can I ask you why you, why you thought that?
7: Because uh, one, the information that we were given wasn't very good. Like all they did was just tell us that we're going to be shut down for two weeks. So that automatically made people more uh, complacent about the whole thing. And plus, they didn't really know how serious it was. So that made people super complacent. And then you had people, even after the lockdown, that were still not doing what they're supposed to do by staying in. There were still people who were out going, you know, go. I mean, some people obviously didn't have a choice because they had to work to pay bills and shit like that. But then there were also people who were still out, like trying to go to restaurants and trying to go to parties and all this other shit. And I knew once we got past like a month of being in lockdown, I knew it was going to be a hell of a lot longer than we all thought it was going to be or what they told us it would be because i mean you can still see people now i mean to this day we've been in this shit for a year and there's still people out there who give zero fucks about anybody else around them and still continue to operate as life as usual and then have the nerves like get pissed off and put videos on the internet when like they get kicked out of a store for not wearing a mask it's well bizarre.
4: it's all a hoax chris and it's just so the government can control <laughs> yeah. us and yeah. the, the numbers are inflated and wrong and there, there's not really half a million uh half a million people dead from this. That's, that's an exaggeration. Yeah.
7: (laughs) Well, I mean, once they hit, my thing too is like I knew it was going to be longer than what it was going to be because, uh, It it was the big moves because like, you know, earlier that week before Sunday, before they announced the official lockdown, you know, like the NFL got canceled, the NBA got canceled, baseball got canceled, like all these sporting events, all these big, all these big concert live events and stuff like that all started getting canceled. And once that started getting canceled, I knew it was way more severe than what they were letting on. They just, I mean, I'm assuming part of that was like, they didn't want to have a panic. Also, part of it was like, they didn't have all the information because this was a new thing, but I just knew it wasn't going to be, you know, two weeks to a month. It's just
3: not After the show, you know, get, send me a text because I'll get you in the cabal. Once you start having the adre- adrenochrome, uh, that, that totally counteracts... All I'm already the Illuminati.
7: Show. Keep your third yeah. eye open.
2: Yeah. Do <laughs> you <laughs> remember that, like even though I knew this was kind of bad because it's, it's so funny. I I dug this up the other day. I sent an email to the Hudson back in the, I think it was the second week of January saying that if, if I pay you for the month of February for the, for the shows, and for some reason they get canceled because of this, this thing, because it wasn't a pandemic at that point uh, because of this virus, are you going to give me the money back? And, and like, I remember goofing off about it. Like Veronica and I went (laughs) to a supermarket the week before and and I was and we were running through the supermarket and I was going oh my god they've got no eggs this is chaos this no, is how being, this is how the I world mean, ends it was being the biggest
1: assholes That's
2: I was being the biggest asshole and then. Kind of like what 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 Elizabeth was saying about um, on St. Patrick's Day, I decided I'm going to go to Ralph's to pick up a corned beef because I'm going to make corned beef and cabbage. And I went into Ralph's. Now This is before we were told to wear masks. Mm -hmm. And when I got in there, there was like an inordinate amount of people wearing masks. And the people that weren't, some of them were coughing and acting really weird. And I, I just got freaked out and, and I came home. No, I came, I came home and I said to Veronica, this is much more serious than we thought it was. He because... hasn't left since. Yeah, he <laughs> really have not No, it's just, no, I, I've left. I mean, I, I was trying to figure it out today. I went through a map, uh, through, through the calendar, and I think I've worn pants, actual pants, <laughs> not pajama pants, 11 times <laughs> since, since, since March 15th. I mean, I can kind last on year.
4: Well, on only two hands, how many times I've bothered to wear a bra, so. So besides yeah. Chris,
1: then, when did it start sinking in for you guys that this was going to be a long time? I mean, for me, it was just, you know, I, the press conferences that like Cuomo would do every morning. Because I remember waking up and Pete always had the Cuomo press conference going, and then it, it, just seeing the numbers, you know, on the news going up and all of that to me, I was like, wait a minute, I think we're in trouble here. I don't think this is going to get better anytime soon. Stuart, what, what was it for you?
6: Um, I think like uh, a couple weeks into the to the pandemic, like originally I thought it was going to be like, all right, we're going to be in lockdown for two weeks until they figure out what's going on. And then they'll tell us what we can do to get out of lockdown. Turns out they didn't know what the fuck they were doing anyway. So... You know, it, it, that, that's part of it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just was like, all right, um, it's going to be two weeks. And then two weeks pass, and I'm like, oh, fuck, this is going to be really bad. Okay. Um, I, was, I thought it was going to be over by the fall, and then the fall came. I was like, well, it'll be over by the spring. And it's spring.
0: <laughs> yeah.
6: So.
1: Okay, Elizabeth, what about you?
4: Um, it was actually kind of, uh, I think I knew things would get bad uh, more when I saw what was happening in Italy. And that was, uh, which I think was a little before we locked down, but it oh, was okay. sort of happening at the same time though, as we went into lockdown. So when we were first locked down the first week or two, I was very paranoid because I mean, I, Italy was making rough decisions on like who mm-hmm. they could save versus who they couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I was really like, I was like, I'm technically sick. They're not going to want to save me. They're going to save someone who doesn't have like a cancer chronic condition thing. If it's two two thirty 30 somethings, it's down to the, you know, that was my big paranoia. I, and so uh, that was what was freaking me out. And my mom was like, uh, that's, I'm not letting that happen. They'd have to kill me in the hospital if they tried to not <laughs> ventilate you. <laughs> um, so she's like, that's why I'm here um and then yeah i think by the end of uh, like beginning of april when it didn't end after two weeks yeah then it was like oh, it's not good and then seeing people violate it so much and not take precautions and people think it's fake and 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 everything and that's what it was you like poli-
1: yeah ma- politicizing re- mask wearing yeah and all that stuff yeah that's
4: that was we. I was like, we are not gonna get out of this anytime soon. I also knew that it was gonna last a
7: little longer too, because like just on a basic level, fuck the mask and everything. People are just nasty. Like low key, I don't know how it is. Like women's bathroom, but I've seen many men take the wild shits and then yeah, yeah, walk out, out of the bathroom like like, it, like no wash the hands, not even yeah. a little bit of water running on it, straight to like back to a restaurant. Even I'm like, yo, are you serious? I'm surprised this shit ain't happened like ten years ago. Real talk. <laughs> I mean,
6: it's airborne. It's not like a.
7: Don't matter. The Niggas are nasty. I'm they, surprised it ain't no shit. They're like brought out your eyebrow, eyeballs, or some shit like that, <laughs> like, like some plague shit. Real talk,
1: Danny.
5: Two things um happened. One was that our leadership team started messaging me, telling me if I needed anything, just to you know get it through Office Depot, they would pay, including a printer. And I'm like, why would I need a printer? We're gonna go back. <laughs> You know, but the fact was that they did not want us back on campus.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
5: just to be safe. And if you don't need to be there, then don't be there. Whatever you need, we will reimburse. So I'm like, okay, something's fishy. And then um, really early on, first week of April, both my sister and her boyfriend um, were tested uh, tested negative. I mean, positive for COVID. And he ended up in the uh, at at Cedars for a whole week. You know, and that's when I knew, okay, this is bad. When it hits your family, then, you know, it's really bad. But, you know, we're grateful that everybody's made it, the ones that have gotten it in my family. And I'm grateful to say everybody's okay.
2: Yeah. Sorry, Pete. I think that, like, the moment that I knew that this was just never going to end, a very white privilege moment. We were sitting in the pool over Memorial Day weekend. um, And... And I remember it was Memorial Day Monday, and it was just prior to everything blowing up about, uh, about George Floyd, because it was maybe a couple of hours before that story really broke. But what was breaking everywhere was the amount of people on beaches in, in like, the Carolinas and Florida. And, and at that point, that, see, this is what people don't remember. At that point, we were having about 15,000 cases a day. So it wasn't like that we were having a hundred thousand cases, right. and I just remember we were Veronica and I were both in the pool, and I looked at Veronica. I said, "This is never going to end. We're going. This is going to only get worse. It's never going to end because people are just too stupid. Right. This is the stupid virus because it really it turned into that. <laughs> like, like I think the first, yeah. I think the first hundred thousand people that got it got it for the worst of reasons because it just it it kind of just overwhelmed the country and and nobody knew it. I, you know, I mean." More than 100,000, I'm sorry. Probably the first million people, really. But after that, I think most of this was just ignorance and defiance and people just deciding, oh, I'm, I'm safer than this. I mean, I mean, mm. just a perfect example. Uh, you know, Elizabeth said a few minutes ago that she started noticing it when she was feeling like this was going to be a problem when she was seeing what was happening in Italy. Well, the United States and Italy are kind of in the same boat. It's been like we're always usually like two or three weeks behind Italy. Well, when we went into lockdown, the day we went into lockdown, there was 12 cases of COVID in Los Angeles. Yesterday there was 2,990 something cases, yeah. but we're open again. And, 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 and we're going to just open more. And, and tomorrow is going to be, uh, it's going to be St. Patrick's Day. And you know, there's going to be people dr- out drinking and acting stupid and doing everything that they, that they can do, um, to avoid being, you know, being safe. And so, yeah, like, I think it was definitely Memorial Day when I was like, yeah, this is just never going to end. Yep.
1: My friend Melissa's is watching um, online and she's a practice manager for a veterinarian hospital. And she says, when I couldn't get PPE for my staff, I knew we were in trouble. Mm-hmm. So that, you yeah. know, that's very common for a lot of people. It was
5: actually really yeah. hard to do too.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess, um, you know, my final question in regards to the lockdown is a year later, how has this affected you this past year? In it, good, bad, any thoughts, Um, Danny?
5: (laughs) The negative part is I did develop severe anxiety, and um, it's been rough. You know, I've have gotten better. I've found different um, forums of dealing with it. You know, one of them is being here with all of you, and that's one of the pluses. You know, I made you know pretty cool friends. You know, um, who share common interests and. It's just been you realize who your friends are, too, in cases like this, you know, and you start developing, you know, deeper friendships and you realize that certain friends are only good for drinking, you know, or going here, going there. But they're not true friends, you know, the ones you talk to about anxiety or stuff like that. So I've learned a lot this this past year. Definitely.
1: Yeah, very true. I, I echo that definitely. Elizabeth, what about you? Uh,
4: yeah, it's like been a mixed thing. Uh, like I said, I, I had like extra time, extra time served, so to speak, or still serving extra time. Um, and it was weird because I my mom was with me for part of it. Um, and it just it sort of, it, it neg- I think it negatively affected us both because we just couldn't go anywhere because we went to Disneyland right before, like, like on March 6th, uh, just because, you know, I had been sick and being in treatment, so I was like, well, let's try to do something fun, because this coronavirus thing looks like it's getting pretty serious, and it was one of the things that as I was feeling better, because I was, like, uh, I knew I had to do, like, other, like, a radiation treatment thing. But like that was going to be a little like we were going to have like a month kind of between chemo and radiation. I was like, well, let's try to do some fun stuff in L.A. or around nearby. Like, well, we've got that little window of time and that kind of flew out the window. And, you know, all the like those kind of plans I had for like, I'm going to come back stronger better than ever, baby. (laughs) I've planned the playlist to re-enter the office. Irrelevant. (laughs) And And so that kind of messes with your head. Um, but you know, on the good side, I, I, it's like Danny said, I've gotten closer with a lot of people. Uh, I read more books. My friend, a couple friends and I started a book club. I read the most books in a year that I've, I had in a very, very, very long time. So there's like good little things, but on the yeah. whole, it's been hard. Mm-hmm.
3: Joe. Um,
4: it affected a
3: lot of things that usually kept me sane. You know, uh, you guys all know, I love to go to like Disneyland and Universal, um, I was a pass holder for both. i still a pass holder for, for Universal. We're no longer pass holders for Disney because they got rid of all of them. Um, but I also love to go to the movies. I love the big screen. Um, it's now driven me to try and be super successful so so I can build a house with the movie theater in it <laughs> because obviously that's, that's the only way we're going to get to see it now. Um, but I love that kind of stuff, you know? Um, caught the car show, lots all the car shows. So, like, all these things that, that I... That I loved and found, and you know, that was kind of my escape. I lost all of them, so it was really, really tough. I mean, um, uh, just that at the same time, like I said, you know, I, I had a relationship for a while that was nice. You know, I, I found other things to kind of do, but um, yeah, uh, it's 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 difficult. I still miss all of those things like immensely, yeah. Um, so you know, I know movie theaters are going to open up, and I'm not probably not going to go back till I get the second one of this bad boy. Yeah. Um. Uh, the, but uh. you know I don't know what we're going to do
1: well until you build your movie theater start saving up and get yourself an Oculus Quest 2 the VR mm-hmm. glasses because it's just like you get the same experience as being in a movie theater they're really cool
5: Minus the popcorn from the arc light.
1: Uh, yeah, that's true.
6: Which I that's really, really, really missed. <laughs> yeah, <it is> so <laughs>
1: that's what's, I mean, that's what's kind of been keeping me sane, too. It's like I kind of get away and I feel like I, I just went to the movies. You know, I just put on my Oculus and I put on an old movie that I never got to see on the big screen. And it's really
4: cool. So. There's a
3: really good classic, by the way, classic movie theater popper uh, for 79 bucks on Amazon. If, if you have to have that movie theater type popcorn. It's seventy nine bucks, but if you have to have it, it's worth it. Set it up in your house; it looks it looks nice too.
1: Pete,
2: I mean, I think the biggest takeaway that I got from this year was that I realized how many things that I used to do all the time that I really didn't care about missing out on so much. Um, like because I definitely, I, I very much like Joe. I was the guy who wanted to be at the movie theater for the first screening of every movie that came out. And now I realize, like I still haven't even seen the the last Wonder Woman movie. Thankfully, apparently, yeah, but I would have been, right. I would have been in that theater. <laughs> I would have been in that theater that night to see it um, on the Thursday night prior to it coming out. And 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 so it's like I I don't miss the experience so much. I mean, yeah, eventually I'll 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 go back to a movie here and there, but I can't imagine ever wanting to go back like we used to go three times a week because we had the pass that let us go three times a week. And sometimes we would just go just because we had the pass. I can't see doing that anymore. I definitely don't see a reason. Like we used to also go out to dinner three nights, four nights a week. I, I can't imagine that I'd ever want to do that again. You know, it just seems like there's so many things that like, I realized when they were taken away from me, like they always say, you know, you, you you don't miss something till it's gone. I can't believe how many things I don't miss now that they're gone. Um, so I guess in, a, in some good way, that's that's what I've taken out of this experience. You know, on the bad, obviously, being that you just you know you, you you realize like the kind of suffering and pain that people you know are, are in, and you know, obviously, things that everybody on this screen, people that we've known, you know, over the year. Um, who've had terrible times. You know, it's it's, it's it's just we're lucky because most of the people that we deal with got through this, okay? Not everybody, but most of them. And 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 whereas a lot of people, you know, that like, you know, I have family members that I'm not very close to who didn't, who, who had COVID and, and got really sick because they were ignorant about it. And people that I know that got, they were ignorant about it. But, you know, it definitely was a time to kind of like realize who was, who was listening and who wasn't. Do
6: it work. Um I feel the opposite of Peter. I didn't know how many things that, you know, like just little things like being able to just, you know, get in your car and go pick up food without, you know, wearing a mask and mm-hmm. I I I it still freaks me out like not seeing people's faces when I'm out. You know what I mean? I don't know. There's some, something about that like I can't see all yeah. their faces that like freaks me out. Um yeah, I mean obviously, you know, I was I felt like I was making pretty good progress in my life and it all, you know, kind of came to a halt. Um but I also know that, like, you know, I mean, I, I've, I was already out of school for like two years at that point. But like, most of my friends my age, they were getting ready to graduate. And like, just into this was just like a nightmare. So, uh, you know, part of me's, um, you know, lucky that I, I didn't, you know, end up going to a four year college. But yeah, I mean, it's, I, I have a hard time seeing, seeing the silver lining, though. It, it's been pretty universally shit, um, to be honest with you. It's just, I mean, bottom line. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, I, I you know, I agree, too, with, with everything.
6: that yeah. I, just, I just don't feel see, necessary to, right? you know, sugarcoat it to make myself feel better. Because it's not going to work.
2: But you know what, <laughs> Stuart? But see, here's the thing. This has been a really shit year. But one of the things that people should be taking out of it is that you have to find the silver lining. Because the people who didn't find the silver lining aren't here anymore. And that's and that's and that's just the reality of the situation. And they, you know, the people we know, there's people that we don't know. There's a lot of people that did not see that there there was any other way out of this, and and are not are no longer with us. And so, you know, I mean, I think that if anything, that w- what I, what I hope people took out of the last year was that there is a silver lining that life life can keep going on regardless of the obstacles we put in front of ourselves. I don't I don't think that's have silver lining. Uh, finds a it's way. There's
6: like resiliency.
2: Yeah, it, but it, but it's true though. I mean, like you, you have to, you know, like look, you, you know, we're gonna look back on this, and I, I mean, I hope we can look, we can reminisce on this years from now, and as horrible as this has been, we can be proud of the fact that we got through it because, you know, there's, you know, there's very few things like each generation, I guess, has something, you know, like whether it's whether it's the older generation that went through World War II or Korea or Vietnam or you know like some of us who were old enough to to have to deal with what everything that went on over 911 uh especially like for people like myself and joe you were in new york you were in new jersey during that right yeah. You know, no, actually, like, I was
3: in Florida during that. Oh, movie. you're in Florida.
2: Okay. But I was in New York when it happened. It's like, you know, every, we all go through some some tragedy at some point that we have to, that we have to kind of like be happy that we got through it. Even if we weren't phys, like we weren't physically involved in it. This is something, you know, in years from now, you're going to hope you're going to be proud of the fact that you did everything you had to do to make sure you didn't get sick. You didn't get other people sick. And that's, and that's all you can kind of hope for out of this. It's it's the endurance thing i've
4: brought up before about the the true story of the ship that sank in the Ar- uh, antarctic on an expedition but everybody survived but it was a hell of a time they were on the antarctic on the south pole for months and months during the action during the antarctic winter um but they everybody just kind of knuckled down and stuck it out and they uh the leader of the expedition and some other guys were able to get off of that to get to a remote island that had people on it and they got everybody off the South pole. Eventually it just took a long time. And that's, you know, the ship was named endurance, but like endurance was also sort of the name of the game is like, and it sucks. We just have to kind of have in, be willing to endure and, right. and, and fight for it. And the, the captain's motto is through endurance, we we shall conquer, not overcome, not persevere, conquer. So I like the conquer angle.
1: So we're going to end with that, and we're going to go ahead and bring our guest on. So for many of us growing up in the 80s and 90s, the original Karate Kid trilogy has become an iconic part of our movie-going experience. That's why in 2018, when YouTube announced that they were producing a show that would continue the rivalry between Miyagi Dojo's Daniel LaRusso and Cobra Kai's Johnny Lawrence, it was met with both excitement and trepidation. Now with three seasons under their black belt... Get it? See what I did?
6: There? Uh... <laughs>
1: and a new home at Netflix. The show Cobra Kai <laughs> has become a cultural phenomenon that attracts both fans <laughs> of the original films, like myself, and new younger fans. Tonight, we are very excited to welcome one of the original Cobra Kais, who you can also see as Pastor Bobby on the Cobra Kai series. Please welcome our guest, Ron Thomas. Hi, Ron. How are you doing tonight?
8: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, thank you. First and foremost, I just want to thank you. As a huge Karate Kid fan, you have no idea what this means to me. So (laughs) thank you so much for coming on.
8: Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: (laughs) So I wanted to first start talking about uh, the first time you ever heard that they were shooting this movie. How did you become um, involved with it, your audition process? How did you decide to audition
4: for the role?
8: Well, I was an actor in Hollywood, just doing my thing. Uh, I was involved in the Conan show up at Universal Studios and the live Conan the Barbarian, not not Conan the comedian. (laughs) And um, we were in the process of putting that show together and rehearsing. And Gary Goddard, who's the producer of the show, came up to me. He said, there's this movie called The Karate Kid, and I think you should audition. You'd be perfect for it. And I thought, well, okay, stupid title but I'll, uh, (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll get in with my agent. And, um, you know, sure enough, you know, the very next morning, my agent had called me and said, you got an audition for this movie called the karate kid. And um, here's the thing though. Don't tell them you're a black belt in karate. Don't talk about your karate. If they ask you bring it up. But other than that, um, try not to say anything because they're really looking just for actors and um, they just, they're going to train you in karate anyway. It's from some guy named Pat Johnson who was trained under Chuck Norris, blah, blah, blah. And they're going to train you every day. And they really just want to focus on your acting. So for, uh, you know, I don't know, six weeks into rehearsals, nobody actually knew that I was a black belt. Um, at least nobody behind the camera like Pat Johnson or anybody else. That's but, yeah, I got the role. I actually read for Johnny initially and then uh, got mm-hmm. ended up. Get being cast as Bobby.
1: Mm, that's that's very interesting because I think I had read somewhere um, that you were the only person that had um, any martial arts training, correct? Like from the movie, like from the actors in the movie, or is, am I wrong about that? Yeah, from
8: from the, the main cast, I was the only yeah. one um, mm-hmm. who had any formal training and had gone all the way to black belt. I mean, Chad McQueen knew uh, Pat Johnson because you Pat Johnson had trained his father, you know, Um, so Chad had some informal training with him. And I think Billy Zapka was maybe a green belt at the time, had a little bit of karate training, but I was a a second degree black belt in Mm jujitsu. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um,
1: so how was your experience like working on set? Do you have any memorable stories or anything that sticks out that you remember (laughs) fondly from those days or anything funny that happened on set?
8: No, Nothing. Next question? No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> all right, totally boring. So,
8: so you'd have to have me back for another show to com- complete the stories, but uh, I've, I've got many stories. One, one that recently came up when I did uh, when they bought the original the original Cobras back for Cobra Kai, and they sat us down. We all went out to dinner with Hayden and Josh and John, the, the creators of uh, Cobra Kai, and, and Hayden had asked me the question. You know, did you guys ever get in any trouble? Um, you know, and, and the answer is not really because we were all pretty much good guys. You know, It I think if Chad McQueen had his way, Jerry Weintraub would have been bailing us out of jail one morning to uh, get us to the set. But other than, other than that, we were, you know, we we're opposite of our characters. Um, but the story that slipped my mind, cause I was later asked the question again, and it's when John Abelson decided that we couldn't ride motorcycles good enough. So... On a Sunday, he had us go over to the Columbia Ranch, the Warner Brothers Ranch in Burbank with our stunt coordinator, Alan Olney, and all the the motorcycles and had us practice all day. Now, back then, on a Sunday, we're getting paid golden time, which means we're getting paid triple time to ride motorcycles. You know, and at some point and I grew up in Nevada, I had a dirt bike when I was younger. So I I was comfortable. I was spinning donuts and all that stuff. And, and at some point, Alan said, you guys, we got another couple hours. Just go have fun. You guys can all ride motorcycles. I don't know what John Ellison's talking about. So we just tore up the Warner Brothers Ranch. I mean, I remember spinning donuts on the Fantasy Island set. I remember we literally rode up the old Western sets onto the wooden plank sidewalks. And we drove our motorcycles inside the saloons. <laughs> I mean, we were just having a ball and um, getting paid triple time for it. So that's a story that, that hasn't been shared too often because it re- re- you know, recently came up. But so much fun. Oh
1: Well, thanks for sharing it here with us. Yeah. <laughs> I love to hear those stories. Yeah. Um, did you have any idea or any of the cast have any idea what impact this movie was going to have when it first came out?
8: No, oh, no way. I mean, yeah. you, you know, I, my manager told me there was no demographic for the movie. It wasn't going to go anywhere.
3: <laughs> how <long was> <laughs> and,
8: and I did it. I did an interview, you know, home. I went back to Reno, Nevada, my hometown. I did an interview on, you know, one of the news channels with a film critic there. And after the interview, he said, you know, this movie's not going to go anywhere. It doesn't have a demographic. So it just shows you how wrong, you know, uh, people can be when it comes to how the success of a movie but none of us really knew and we all went together uh, the cobras uh, a lot of the cast we went we had a a rat party down in westwood and it was the night of the premiere and we all went to see the movie to see how the you know the fans the audiences were going to react and i happened to be sitting next to john avilson and at the end of the movie when Danielson jumps up and, and snap kicks Johnny's face, <laughs> um, you could see these guys down in the front row jump up on their seats and throw their hands up in victory. You could see their silhouettes on the screen. And the, the crowd was just going nuts. And John Alvinson leaned into me and he goes, We have a hit. Wow. So I, you know, and he was right. So, um, and here we are all these years later talking about it.
3: So it what you're is. saying is that managers haven't changed in 40 years.
8: Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's yeah.
1: So I have a couple more questions for you before I open it up to the panel. Um, and I also want to talk about Cobra Kai too. Um, yeah. How have the fans treated you after all these years? Like, Eddie, you know, I mean, how crazy is that to have Look, encounters with fans?
8: The fans have been amazing. I think, you know, this... This culture, this franchise, the Karate Kid universe, the fans, obviously, it's had a generational impact. I mean, the people that watched it back then had their kids watch it and had their grandkids watch it. And it's just had this generational thing that just keeps going. And um, the fans have been a huge part of that. All right. Without them, there is no there is no uh, impact globally the way this thing has had. But it's changed lives that's one of the reasons why it's, I think it's had such an impact. And one of the biggest comments I've gotten through the years is how much my character or the movie in general, or whoever, whatever favorite character they have, but the movie in general has changed people's lives primarily because it got, got them started in training in martial arts Mm
6: -hmm.
0: and
8: martial arts has a, you know, a history of changing people's lives, getting people off the streets, you know, even stopping somebody from committing suicide. I mean, I've seen those types of stories, what the martial arts can do for a person, their character, their, their uh, confidence, their self-esteem, you know. So, yeah, it's been quite a ride.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so now I want to move on to Cobra Kai. Um, when were you first made aware of the series? And when did they contact you about reprising your role as Bobby?
8: Well, so Billy Zapkin and I are good, really good friends as, as I am with Marty Cove um, you know, all of us have remained friends throughout the years and, um, Billy, they had kept it hush hush while they were pitching it. Uh, you know, it was just between the three creators and Billy Zapka and Ralph Macchio, who really just knew what was coming, not even Billy and Marty Covert tied in. He didn't even tell Marty Cove um, until like the thing was a launch and they were, you know, and then I had a long call with Billy about, Uh, how grueling the hours were, et cetera. Cause, and Billy's got, we both have uh, seven-year-old daughters now. My daughter just turned seven and how much he just missed being with his kids and how hard it was on him and how hard it was on him not having us, the original Cobras there with the first, you know, through the first season. So I found out in the first season, what was happening just through conversations with Billy and, and then of course media and then it just exploded Um, I didn't find out I was coming back until the second season because these guys, they don't like any spoilers out there, nothing leaking out through social media. So they just keep everything hush hush, even to the actors. But I got a call. uh, I got a call from casting saying, you know, Josh and John and Hayden Schlossberg and John Hurwitz and Josh, Heald want to uh, have a conversation with you about bringing you back and, you know, bringing Bobby back to the show. And so I had a long phone call with them. And uh, they told me what they had in mind. They wanted to bring him back as a pastor. Um, And, of course, I loved it. You know, it made total sense. You know, Bobby being the good guy and uh, always trying to steer people in the right direction. So. You
1: actually answered my next question. I was going to ask you if you were happy with the character choice that they made for for Bobby. And I always knew that Bobby had a great heart. So I'm not surprised at all that he became a pastor.
8: Yeah. No, I'm I'm thrilled with it. And here's why. Because Bobby has always been sort of conflicted. You know, he's always he's he's got in tight with his cobras and he would let things go at a fence fight in skeleton costumes and beat Ralph. But when it got the Daniel son, I said Daniel, I should say when it got, uh, when the line was being crossed too far, Bobby always knew when to stand up. Yeah. And there was even a scene in the original movie that got deleted where after I hurt, uh, after Bobby hurts Daniel's leg, he walks across the tournament floor, takes off his black belt, drops it at creases his feet with tears in his eyes and he leaves the tournament, wow. which says a lot about who Bobby is. Oh, but but now that he's a pastor, I, I think it's so cool that he's still conflicted, right? He's, he's not opposed to going into a bar, having some beer with his buddies and getting in a bar brawl, you know, um, and or sweeping his buddy in church when he's crossed <laughs> the line. So uh, I love I love Bobby and I love his character and what they've done with it.
1: Yeah, it it was just so great, and you know, the, you know that episode where they reunite all of you—that was just so emotional, and it was just so beautifully done. Um, yeah. Do you know if they have any? I know you say that they really don't like to, you know, have spoilers, but any? Do you know if Pastor Bobby is going to be returning next season, or are you no idea? <laughs>
8: well, even if I did know, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> you no. Know? But uh, I don't I know. I thought I'd ask. <laughs> yeah, I don't know at this point. You know, um, they've started filming season four. And again, like even with season three and season two, they don't tell you until you need to know. Uh, until a couple weeks out, you know, right. when you want to send you the script and you start studying your lines, et cetera. But up until that point, they don't really um, want to leak too much to even, even the main actor, even Billy sometimes doesn't know what's coming down the pike.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh, so...
3: Yeah. Oprah yeah. Kai's can defeat, can defeat anything but an NDA, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right.
1: So I also want to talk a little bit about, um, you're also a coach, a trainer and life coach, right, developmental, I'm sorry, development trainer and life coach, and you're also an author, um, and you do speaking engagements. How did that come about?
8: Yeah, personal. I'm a personal development expert, motivational speaker, and that came about really through the martial arts and through my whole entire background, the way it's all tied together. And uh, my original sensei was kind of like my own personal Mr. Miyagi, and he would say things in a way that nobody had ever said them to me before and talk about life and decisions and choices and character development and honor and discipline and focus and all of those things. And I soaked that stuff up. And prior to that, I was a competitive swimmer and a competitive golfer. So athletics and martial arts and acting, the most probably the most competitive town in the universe. <laughs> um, you know, all of that stuff goes along. Mindset takes you a long way or it can stop you also. So it, it I just kind of all tied together. And then when I became a sense, I actually owned a few dojos in the L.A. area. And train, trained a lot of people and a lot of kids. And I saw what it was doing to them. But I just I realized that there was a lot of people out there that don't want to know how to fight necessarily, but they definitely want the life skills and the things that martial arts can bring to the table. And so I decided to take those messages to a wider audience. And that's really how it started for me.
1: Well, that, that's wonderful, especially, you know, considering everything that young people go through today, you know, oh my God. With social yeah. media, all, you know, the cyberbullying and whatnot, you know, yeah. so that's, yeah. that's pretty commendable that, that you're doing that. Okay. So I'm going to open it up now to the panel. Does anybody have any questions for Ron? Let's start with Pete. You're yeah, muted. You're Pete. muted, Pete. <laughs>
2: wow. Well, a year in and I'm still muted yeah. myself. <laughs> I should have said that earlier tonight that I learned how to not do that. But Ron, thank you very much for joining us. Yes, um, I, I, I was wondering, like, because this is something we, we don't often have somebody who's in the position that you're in, in a sense, uh, with us. Do you ever think about the fact that you, you're a part of something that's going to outlive you by a, like a, a distance, That's something that's going to be part, part of people's lives, even after you're no longer around? Like, And if so, how does that feel?
8: Yeah, I do think about that. And it's, it, you know, even now it's just, it's all so surreal, you know, it's, uh, it's strange to get messages from, you know, the UK or Australia or, you know, and how much it's changed people's lives and how it's just going to. it's in, it's crazy. It's, it's all, you can't really put it into words. Um, I have a seven-year-old daughter who's now aware of, uh, you know, what her dad does and, and Cobra Kai and, and, and people at her school her teachers are finding out um, (laughs) that her, you know, that her dad is Bobby, Pastor Bobby. And, and um, you know, it's just, and it's just kind of all, uh, I don't know how it feels. I don't, it's, um, it's it's an honor to be part of this whole journey um, for sure. And if something's going to live on, like it might as well be something like a Karate Kid that has a positive influence. You know, um, there's certainly a lot of negative things that are going to live on too, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, we need to balance that out somehow. And Karate Kid plays a part in that, I think. So and Cobra Kai.
6: Hmm. Thanks. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So you said you were a black belt um, before them. Like, would are you the best? Like, were you the best in the fight out of out of all of the the Cobra Kai Cobra Kai guys? Like, were, are you the the go-to in terms well, of the fight.
8: Uh, y- well, yeah, and Pat,
6: Pat, yes,
8: <laughs> <laughs> and, and Pat Johnson had came to me at one point because he was so busy choreographing all these different fight scenes for the you know the montage at the tournament. He said, "Listen, man, I'm so busy. Just you take this guy and this guy and go choreograph two quick fights for the tournament for the montage, and and um, just bring them to me." And, uh, then, and I'll just approve them or not, or we'll make some adjustments. So the, the two fights you see me doing in the montage, I actually choreographed those oh, The flying sorry. leg scissors where I take the guy down and I hit him with a back fist on the ground. You know, that was my stuff. And that's, that came out of jujitsu. So it was an honor for somebody like Pat Johnson, who's a legend in, uh, especially in the Hollywood scene to, uh, you know, turn the reins over to me and let me do that. Um, and then I went on to become, after the Karate Kid and everything, I went on to become, you know, an, a world champion and, and uh, international self-defense champion, et cetera. So, yeah, I'm the go-to
7: guy. but <laughs> 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 Go Chris. Uh, so, first off, I want to say thank you for coming on. Uh, secondly, I want to say that daniel is the villain i don't care what anybody says if you really watch the movie he is the villain okay he was fucking around the beach and he you know maybe he messed up but like he's he kept the shit going okay with the whole water and the the stall thing he kept the shit going he deserved to get his ass kicked also he was trash at karate he would never made it to the finals it was a real tournament it was bullshit he's always he only got to the finals because it was written in the goddamn screenplay that's all i'm gonna say So shout out to y'all. And Bobby
8: got disqualified because it was in the screenplay too,
6: man. Yeah, bullshit. (laughs) bullshit. This is not the first time this has come up on our podcast. It's not (laughs) the first time. I I feel so sorry for that.
1: I'm
6: sorry. (laughs) I don't
1: care. Cobra Kai all the way. Cobra Kai never dies,
3: dies,
7: man. Cobra
1: Kai never dies. (laughs) Yeah.
7: Like on the beach, Billy. You know, Billy was he was clowning, but other than that, it was all (laughs) Daniel. Daniel's a villain. Yeah. (laughs)
1: But I'm sure uh, you know this Ron. Um, there's like subreddit groups, there's I mean, discussions on YouTube with thousands and thousands of comments debating on whether who was the real bully? Was it Daniel or was it Johnny? I mean, I could I could spend hours just reading people's comments, but it's yeah, people still talk about it to this day. <laughs> yeah,
7: for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but my question now I have to ask you because as a as a Cobra Kai alum, <laughs> who's better? Cobra Kai or the alpha team from the next Karate Kid? Who's the better team?
8: Wow, so, uh, <laughs> Cobra Kai. Facts. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> That's all I wanted to hear. <laughs>
4: of, course.
1: <laughs> of course. Danny.
5: <laughs> well, first, also thank you for coming on. Um, I was remembering back, um, in elementary school, we actually got shown the Karate Kid at lunchtime that's we awesome. had to pay 50 cents to go into the library. You know, we would get there as early as we could to get friend row seats. And that just, that movie just, was such a part of my childhood. And being named Daniel, I heard Daniel's son all throughout school, you know, um, <laughs> so, but I didn't mind. It was cool. Uh, my question to you is now that you are a father, would you send your daughter to Miyagi Do or Cobra Kai? Cool.
8: Well, Cobra Kai. <laughs> Cobra Kai as it is right now,
3: in
5: the oh, show, back, you know, back, you know, I guess. Um, well, okay. Would you send them to be priest uh, or no priest? Uh, Daniel or or Johnny?
1: Or Eagle Fang Karate? Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah.
8: Well, it would have to be. It would have to be Eagle Fang because Christ has lost his mind. But yes. Um, <laughs> but you know, I have a I have a theory where Pastor Bobby has a. Uh, and this by the way is not to my knowledge anything that the writers are doing or coming up with it's just my own thing i think that pastor bobby needs to have a not-for-profit dojo funded by his church working with inner city kids who can't afford it helping them learn karate and get them off the streets and give them a positive outlet and that's pastor bobby's thing and he trains some pretty badass fighters too so uh my daughter might be just, you know, a Pastor Bobby's dojo. Oh,
1: I like that. <laughs> yeah.
8: And she actually is because I do train her a little bit.
3: <laughs> yeah. That really is. Awesome. yeah,
8: she's not going to get bullied. No way, not going to happen.
3: You can call nice. it. Fi- you can call it fist of fate.
8: <laughs> yeah, there you fist of go. Fate. Fist
3: Somebody of fate. posted
8: on social media, Pastor Bobby, karate preacher.
4: has
2: a AMC series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth
4: speaking of that element of things um what kind of like martial arts would you recommend for someone who is like looking for an outlet but maybe doesn't want to fight fight like say an adult woman who never made it to even a stripe on her belt when she was eight and (laughs) dropped out of karate (laughs)
7: Wait, 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 wait. Just, Listen, just a tell hypothetical. Why, tell why. But tell why you didn't make it. Because it's not your fault. That was not your fault. It was the adults who were around you that screwed you out of that. Just tell the truth.
4: Uh, well, the teacher, uh, we were practicing outside, and he said, look out for ants because they'll go between your toes and chew their way between your toes and go inside your body. And that's just really intense for an eight-year-old who kind of has anxiety <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> what? Not her fault. That's all that I'm just saying.
8: reminds me of a Cobra Kai Actual story but, It feels um,
4: very Cobra Kai doesn't it But,
8: but um, um, So What kind of martial art, It depends on what kind of outlet you're looking for mm-hmm. You know um, If you're looking to fight and to defend yourself The best best martial I gotta say the best martial art is, is jiu-jitsu It's the mother martial art It includes you know all the things that You would need to know on the street, um, but it takes a long time to be able to defend yourself. So you have, you have to be willing to seriously train. If somebody's just looking for an outlet, I'd say any of the striking arts because punching and kicking things sometimes feels really good, you know. Yeah. Um, but Jujitsu isn't. It we have lots of striking, but there's also lots of very uh, very effective uh, self defense and mm-hmm. self protection techniques, for sure. Um, and even without injuring, you can defend yourself and subdue an opponent without causing injury. Which, in, with karate and the striking arts, it's it's difficult to avoid injuring a, another person and ending up in court. Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: not good.
4: <laughs> it, 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 you call them the striking arts. Yeah, you are striking yeah. a person. So. I, I, and I'm not
8: putting down any no. of them because all of all, you know, if you got the right
4: instructor and the right
8: environment, the right culture, any martial art is uh, definitely. Worth taking up for sure.
1: So, Ron, if you ever open up a dojo and you start teaching, we, Elizabeth and I would love to go train at your dojo. Honestly,
4: yes. <laughs> All
8: right, that would well, be a dream come true.
0: By the when way, when I
4: started Cobra, started rewatching or watching Cobra Kai, I was like, I was like, man, I kind of want, I to do karate again. <laughs>
8: yeah, it's fun. Man. You know, I got to tell you the story really quickly about ants. You know, uh, our Rob Garrison, uh, who played Tommy, uh, rest in peace. We lost him. But uh, when we came back to do the original, you know, when the OGs came back in season two, they had set up this tent in this field where we were all had lunch, and then they would drive us to over to the bar where we, you know, we were doing the bar stuff, and then we, but we were under this huge tent in this field, and Rob Garrison was sitting at the table. I was actually sitting like one person away from him, and he jumped up started screaming and put and took kicked off his shoes and and basically what had happened is red ants oh. had, had swarmed his feet he was sitting on a red ant hill oh and yeah. he didn't know it you know yeah. and it, they crawled up his pants they bit him he had to go he actually had to go to uh, first aid and and um,
7: Wow. That happened to me when I was like six, I was playing hide and seek and I was hiding like, the, I was trying to be the clever one, like hiding right behind base. And yeah. the whole time my brother was counting, I was standing in a, a pile of ants and they just fucked my whole right leg up. Oh
8: man, it was no, it was no joke. Like we were like, where's Rob going? He's He's running out, out of the tent without pants on. We're, Rob. <laughs> yeah.
4: literal ants in his pants.
8: Yeah, literally. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's no, no joke. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So Ron, so since we have you on, we had to come up with a special karate-based quiz. Um, So it's going to be you representing Cobra Kai versus our TMI Daily Dojo. Let's go. So to decide who knows more about the Karate Kid and Karate. So we have 10 questions. Five are about karate and five are about the Karate Kid. Peter's going to ask both teams to answer a question. You get one point for right answer, and you lose a point for wrong answers. Uh-oh. At the end, no <laughs> points will win the All Valley Championship.
8: So, so, so it's me against all of you. Yeah. Yes. So yes. it's like. Oh, all right. the
4: oh, but, you're, but you're a black belt, so you're, you're a black belt <laughs> against the person who, who quit karate at eight. You're fine. <laughs> i <I'm laughs> You're gonna lose the
5: I also have a black belt. I bought it at JCPenney's. <laughs>
3: 398? It's Canvas, 398.
2: (laughs) Okay, so um, I think this (laughs) this quiz is more to see how many words in Japanese that I could screw up. Um, So I'm apologizing to anybody of of any kind of Asian descent who's going to really be offended by my pronunciations.
5: It's like Uh, BTS all
2: over again. (laughs) So again, how we're going to do this really quickly is is I'm going to ask a question and and because Ron is our guest we'll, we'll let him answer first and then I'll ask one of you to to answer the question as well um, if, if you think that Ron's answer is probably the right one, which more than likely it'll be much better than any of ours, um, you know, you'll get that answer or choose from one of the other choices I give you. Um, every right answer you get, you get a point. Every wrong answer, you lose a point. Okay, so now that I've explained that, here's, here, here, this is my first attempt to try and screw up words in a foreign language. Um, according to Quora, Cobra Kai is is based is, I'm sorry, Cobra Kai is based on a Korean style of karate. Is it Hapkido, Gun oh god, gung do Tang Sudo or Tai Tai oh God Tai So let me say those again. <laughs> again. No,
7: don't do it. We got it, we got it. We'll Tang do
2: Tang Sudo. Teng Sudo. Okay, that's your answer. Um, let's have uh, Stuart. Um, Teng Sudo. Okay, well, that's correct. You both get a point for that one. <laughs> See, <laughs> I told you there's no way you're going to lose those us, wrong. Trust me. Um, okay, our next question. This is a karate question. What is the Japanese term for the shrine in the front... I can't even speak today. I'm sorry. What you is you Japanese... can't say English words. How do you expect me to not say English so I'm screwed on anything. <laughs> in other language. What is the Japanese term for the shrine in the front wall of a training area of a dojo? Is it taijo, shimoza, Kamiza, or Shiboseski? Okay, so Ron, you're first. Buddha. I'm sorry?
8: Buddha. I don't. I don't
2: know. <laughs> okay. Well, do you want to take a guess? Is it? I, I'll give you the, the choices again: Taijo, Shimozo, Kamiza, or Shiboseki. Uh,
8: Shimozo.
2: Okay, um, Chris. Yes. You to, do, here's your choice wow. again: Taijo, Shimozo. I'm getting better at saying them the more I you say. It. It's Taijo. Okay, you're saying Taijo? Yes. Okay, well, neither one of you is correct. The actual answer is Kamisa.
7: I said it with
2: confidence. So (laughs) so we're back to zero for both teams. Okay, so here's our next question. This is a Karate Kid question. See, now we understand how this is going to work. It'll be one Karate Kid question followed by a Karate question. Easy. Where are Daniel and his mom originally from? Is it Bayonne, West Orange, Newark, or Hoboken? Newark. Okay. Veronica. New York. That is correct. You both got that right. Okay. So apparently we all know a lot about karate kid and not so much about karate. (laughs) (laughs) So here goes our next question. What is the highest title one can achieve in the art of karate? Is it Hanshi, Sijo, Renshi, or Sifu? Ron.
8: Oh, well, there could be multiple answers to that.
2: Well, of the four that I gave you, Hanchi, <laughs> Sijo, Renchi, or Sifu? Renchi. Okay. Um, let's go to Danny. Hanchi, Sijo, Renchi, or Siju? Renchi. Okay. Well, guess what? You guys are both incorrect. So uh, the actual answer for that was Hanchi. Apparently. Yeah, I mean Chinese. of course I don't know that to be a fact. I just read it somewhere. <laughs> am, I, am I wrong with that, Ron?
8: Well, I would say Judon, tenth degree black belt.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? You could argue with the internet afterwards. <laughs> okay.
8: so, t- t- titles vary titles vary from system to system, and you know, so do rankings. So yeah.
2: yeah. Okay, so here's a good one. How many attempts does it take Daniel to catch a fly with chopsticks? Is it 16, Jesus. 34, 47, or 58? Ron? It's 16. Okay. Let's go to Elizabeth. 16, 34, 47, <laughs> or 58? I'll agree and say 16. Okay. Guess what? You're both incorrect. The yeah, actual one. answer is 47. It's 47? That oh, that was wrong. I thought you got no. it kind of the first time. Yeah, that's that's uh, no, da-
4: well. Da- if Daniel takes forever. It's Mr. Miyagi gets it. Mr.
2: Miyagi gets it the first shot. Okay, so here we go back to a karate question. Which of the following is not a traditional karate weapon? Tonfa, sai, katana, or kama? Ron, katana. Okay, let's go to Joe. Tonfa, sai, katana, or kama.
3: Uh, I'll also go with katana Because that's a sword
2: Okay well guess what you're both right That is correct (laughs) Okay this is so exciting (laughs) Okay here's our next question What is the metaphor Mr. Miyagi uses to explain to Daniel The commitment he needs to learn karate Is it crossing a river Climbing a tree Walking down a road Or floating in the ocean Walking down a road Okay, and let's go back to um, Stuart. I, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Walking Down a Road as well. Okay, well, guess what? You're both correct. It is Walking Down a Road. Squash like great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question number eight. We're still tied one-to-one. Right one-to-one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a battle. Uh, what is the no, Japanese a- term a- for a- roundhouse kick. kick? Is it mawashi, yuke? Mawashi, I'm sorry, uh I can let me just Mawashi uke, mawashi getty Yushiro geti, or yushiro uke. Ron.
5: Uh, I don't know.
8: <laughs> mawashi what?
2: Um uke or mawashi getty.
8: Mawashi UK.
2: Okay. Um let's go back over to um Let's go to
7: Chris. Oh, some of it I get out. Yeah, I'll give them to you
2: again because I like saying things in, in a foreign language because yeah. I do it so well. Mawashi yuke. mawashi geri yushiro geti, or yushiro Uh
7: I think it's yushiro geti.
2: Okay, so you guys are, are differing for a change. That's exciting. Yes. Um, actually, you're both wrong. It's mawashi geri
7: Hey, hey, I'm keeping us I'm keeping us afloat, guys. So, so Ron,
2: you got the first part right. <laughs> the second part, not so much. Okay, so here's our, our next karate kid question. Daniel originally sought out Mr. Miyagi because of what issue with the apartment? Was it that the shower wouldn't start? The kitchen faucet leaked? The, the front door didn't lock properly? Or the toilet was running? Ron?
8: Kitchen faucet leaked.
2: Okay, and uh, Veronica? Veronica?
1: The kitchen faucet leaked.
2: Okay. Well, I'm sorry to tell you both wrong. It was the shower wasn't working. Are you sure about that? That's what the the said.
6: In the remake, the shower wasn't working. Yeah,
3: you're talking about the wrong one. Well, that, wrong wrong about the wrong one again. Because that's specifically, specifically he comes thing. into the apartment and is working in the kitchen, and he sees Daniel with the book. And he's asking them if he learns karate. So why yeah. would he be fixing the shower faucet? Why he's would he be fixing the kitchen the faucet? it Was the okay, shower? Then, then, then uh, maybe right. maybe huh? the good shenanigans the on this quiz question. I call malarkey. I call. Yep. So what <laughs> I'll do is
8: point. I will what happens have when the questioner is wrong.
3: <laughs>
7: yeah. yeah, yes. Cool. yeah. I'll get a point.
2: Well, and Jennifer online says it was the faucet. Yes, so you're wrong. You're wrong.
3: You're getting you're getting your
2: questions for the Ron Karate Kid. <laughs> He's getting it from like the. Next Listen, character. I just go with what it says on the screen. I, I really don't have the, the, <laughs> any other like attempts to try to know any of this stuff. Okay, so here's our final question, and and we're tied zero zero. No, no, we should be one to one, one. one. Yeah, That's one to one.
5: Got it right.
2: Oh, well, okay. So, no, the, the, so I actually, okay. So it's one, one. Yeah. Okay, so I'll make it one, <laughs> one. Uh, you know what? You guys are such sticklers. God. <laughs>
4: it's one things done right. There's no difference in that. This takes a lot of effort.
2: <laughs> okay, we're ready. <laughs> Who was the first American to teach karate in the United States? Was it Mas o- Oyama, Ed Parker, Robert Trias, or Don Madden? Ron. The, f- first um, the, the first American? It says the first American th- to teach karate in the United States. Mas Oyama, Ed Parker, Robert Trias, or Don Madden? Oyama. Okay, go Oyama. Let's, let's go to Elizabeth. Mas Oyama, Ed Parker, Robert Trias, or Don Madden? No relation to John Madden. First of all, Robert, Robert, Kelly, how dare you? Robert Trias? Just to be contrarian. Well, we do have a winner now. I'm so excited. TMI won! (laughs) Uh, What? Listen, again, I don't know if this is true or not. It's what it said online.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Peter's on on the internet. Ron, do you know know who Robert
2: Trias is by any chance?
8: I know the name. Remember, I'm a jiu-jitsu practitioner, so uh, Rottke history, and I know... know, um, And again, it depends on the form of karate. You know, there's just different forms and systems, and and people claiming this and that. So, uh, you know, yeah, that would have been a lot of effort
3: for me. I'm so excited! I thought we were going to lose, but now that we won, I can actually get to say this:
2: get him a body bag.
6: Oh well, that, well, that was it's the funny. only
2: opportunity that we'll ever have to be.
3: <laughs> yeah. I had to take yeah. it. I'm sorry. I had to take it.
8: Well, it wasn't my line in the movie, so. Well, yeah, you know, I know.
0: That's why you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, you'd,
8: <laughs> you'd be surprised how many people have uh, mixed me and Rob Garrison up through the years.
3: Is it, <laughs> is it true, though, that he improv that? Yeah. It's is? true.
8: Yeah.
4: I have read <laughs> that, too.
8: That's amazing.
4: Yeah. yeah.
8: The prophet I- became one of the most famous lines in the movie.
6: <laughs> yeah. I think the writers were very happy about that. Yeah.
1: Uh, have you by any chance, Ron, seen on YouTube? They have a video that's a rehearsal from the tournament scenes from 1983. Have you? It's it's so cool to see. It. I I stumbled upon it about eight nine years ago, and yeah. I think it's still up. But I don't know who posted it or how yeah. it got on the internet. But it's really neat to see the rehearsal that you know while you guys. It's like a ten minute video of oh, um, guys
8: yeah, I think there's I, I think there's more than there's several videos. Uh, oh, John Appleton. That- yeah. John Appleson put those up. Um, I don't know if his son put them up or who put them up, but John Appleson, he videoed everything before we shot it. He had shot, he shot the movie through his little camera before we ever shot the movie. Um, Cause he was an editor and he wanted to, you know, he just was so meticulous and such a great director. Um, he, you never saw him without a camera, you know, even after karate kid, when I would see him at events or whatever, he always had his camera with him he filmed. He filmed his whole life, but he had filmed all of our rehearsals and everything, and then he placed them on the internet for people to see. So, like when I talk about dropping my belt at Crease's feet, you can see that in rehearsal, in the, in the rehearsal footage. Oh, I
1: have to go back and look yeah. at those. Yeah. yeah we, act- pretty- we actually
8: shot, we actually filmed that, you know, and and definitely rehearsed it. So, um, and you'll see people standing in, like um, Robert Mark Kamen, the, the writer, he'll stand in. I think he stood in for Crease because, because, uh, marty cove wasn't there so he stood in for crease when i throw my belt at his feet in the rehearsal so you see a lot of uh, behind the scenes people too taking place it's, it's kind of cool to watch
3: yeah. is it true that uh pat johnson said that that was his favorite movie to work on i heard that that was said he said that
8: i wouldn't doubt it i don't know if i don't know but i wouldn't doubt it knowing pat and how, how much camaraderie we had and and um how much fun it was to just make that movie and then you know, carry it forward through the years and how much friendships were developed, et cetera. So I wouldn't doubt he said that.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, so amazing well ron i can't thank you enough again for coming on um you know the karate kid came out the summer before i turned seven and i was talking to my mom earlier today and she says are you going to tell him that you watched the movie like 15 times in the movie theater and i also have to tell you that you and william zapka were my very first movie crushes so wow. there i said it <laughs> I, I, and thank kevin Bacon you. was my third one but <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to talk about, it and it's like, it's amazing that I had a chance to tell you this and just tell you how much the Karate Kid meant to me as a child and now, you know, growing up within and just continue doing the wonderful work that you guys are doing. It's so amazing. Thank you. you.
8: And and, And I'm really, I'm really happy that uh, Ralph Macchio wasn't your first crush. <laughs> you know what no all
1: my friends were all up with oh Daniel Daniel I was like you know what I'm a Johnny and I, I'm just I'm a Bobby girl and I yeah. just it was so funny because I was the only one out of my friends that were just like everybody was you know in love with Ralph Macchio love Ralph Macchio don't get me wrong he's adorable great actor but I'm telling I was a Cobra Kai girl I can't, I can't help it. but um I <laughs>
7: <laughs> How would you have a crush on, on that guy anyway? Like all of you guys actually look like athletes. Like I can see like you know what I mean? Like you guys look like y'all trained. He just looked like he woke up like the hate doesn't you. the hate doesn't even probably your anger, man. Up. You I'm know, sorry, he, I'm Chris just saying. Chris
1: and I don't hate on him, because I know we've had this conversation before, yes. but, you know, a lot of girls liked, you know, the Ralph Macchio look, and a lot of us liked, you know, you guys seemed a little bit more, like, you know, tougher and manly, and like I said, I always loved your character, because, you know, you always tried to stop them and said, you know, he's had enough, like, stop, mm-hmm. you know, messing with him, and then that last scene that you, you know, the scene with Chris and you just feel so bad
5: yeah.
3: after
1: did I always knew Bobby was going to turn out great and you did? So, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah and I okay. want to thank you because this movie. Uh, first of all, gave me a bunch of joy. It's still one of my absolute favorite movies. But I think the other thing that's wonderful is I got to share it with next generations. I got to share it with my nieces and and the uh, you know it, the subject still holds up till to today. Everyone can totally understand. You go to school and all that. You understand all everything about that movie. It's it's timeless in that way. And now yep. my nieces are sharing it with their kids and. And you know, and other people, and and I think that's the amazing thing about it. So you know, thank you for being a part of that. I think it's it's really an iconic piece of cinema. I
8: appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's yeah. been an honor to be part of it for sure. I right.
1: actually went to go see it at the drive-in, right, Pete, a couple months ago, yeah.
8: Yeah. and, it and
1: um, nice. saw it. And it was amazing to see how many people had their young children you know, there, like on the back of the pickup trucks watching it. And we had such a blast watching it at the drive-in. So that yeah, was so cool. much fun.
5: So, uh, Ron, just like, uh, uh, like he did, would, if they come calling, would you do um, Dancing with the Stars? Dancing like with Ralph the Stars? Yeah.
8: Um, it de- I, you know what? It depends on when they come calling because uh, – covid 2020 was a brutal year for everybody but to add insult to injury i had to get an injury <laughs> and i tore i tore my quad muscle and i had to have it reattached and i'm still still recovering and still dealing with that and stretching it. so if they said hey does this do dancing with the stars right now no but yeah i would do it i would do it if i was healed up and ready to go for sure. abc
3: 2022 give Ron a call we'll start the hashtag
1: (laughs) so that is our show for tonight thank you so much for joining us and we'll be back here again tomorrow at 6 p.m have a good night everyone and stay safe bye (laughs) cobra Kai never dies.